Okay, this is Steve Van Cura at uh, Bread of Life Bible Study. This is part two of the Battleground uh, of the Mind. And uh, we've been talking about how words uh, are key to the way we live our lives. Words produce a thought pattern or beliefs that literally determine the nature of our lives. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Okay. Um, and so review the previous lesson uh, and then continue on with this one. And God himself in Isaiah compares uh, his thoughts and his ways with ours. All right. That um, I'm going to read Isaiah 55. It says, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will, he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So, uh, God is not saying that to say, uh, gee, that's too bad, you know, that you can't think and reason like I do. No, he invites us. In fact, he, he commands us to change the way we normally think our thoughts and beliefs, uh, but to come up to his ways, all right? And, and it says, just as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return without water in the earth and bringing causing it to bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So is my word that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but will accomplish that which I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. Now, let's kind of explain that. He, he God, um, remember we said everything is a parable. All right, there's a natural meaning and a spiritual meaning. In the natural rain and snow that come down from heaven, water the earth, and the seeds and all that that are in the ground down there, it, it uh, waters them so that they reproduce and produce uh, seed for the sower and bread for the eater. All right, And so God compares that. He said just like that natural uh, you know, water or rain and snow that come down and produce an abundance of return on the earth, he said his words, the words from Scripture and the words the Holy Spirit imparts to us, they're the same way. He said, uh, this is the word that comes out of his mouth will not return void. In other words, it says, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Now remember, everything, and I mean absolutely everything God does is always through his spoken word. The Bible says the, um, uh, the whole creation, you know, was uh, made by the Word of God. And it says all of the host of them by the breath of His mouth. All right. The, the, when God speaks, He just, like for example in the creation story, uh, there was darkness over the face of the deep and God said, light be. And it says the Spirit of God that was hovering or brooding over the waters. Of course, the Spirit is the power, and the Spirit brings to pass what God says. All right. So, um, and the same thing is 
whatever words we receive from God, uh, it says, My word will not return void, but it will accomplish that for which I sent it. Okay, so if we receive God's word, how does it return to Him? In prayer, by what we say, what we think, what we do. Bible says we should be doers of the word and not hearers only. Okay, it says we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Remember, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the good seed of the word of God begins to change the way I think, what I say, what I do. And, and uh, the Word of God is good seed, and every seed bears after its kind, all right? Um, uh, so uh, that Word of God actually is the way or means that God changes me into His likeness. Uh, Mary received the Word of God. She said, let it be unto me according to thy word. And when she received the Word of God and then the Holy Spirit uh, the Bible says, um, uh, basically brought that word to life in her, all right, because she received and believed the word. And when we receive and believe the word of God and we begin to act on it, say it, do it, uh, pray it, uh, then God watches over his word to perform it, okay? Now I'm going to continue with Isaiah 55 when it's describing uh, that God imparting His thoughts and His ways to us, okay? And that we return the Word of God to Him, like I said, through our confession, our prayers, uh, our obedience of the Word, and what we do. Um, we act on it, okay? And that's what activates it. Because remember, faith, it's impossible to please God without faith. And, and, uh, but faith always requires corresponding action. All right? So that's when, when we start doing, saying, praying, uh, believing the Word of God, then, then uh, only then can God begin to accomplish the power of that Word as a creative force in us. All right? Now, verse 12 in Isaiah 55 says this, and this is the result of us receiving the rain or the word from heaven, okay, which waters that word down in our hearts and begins to change us. All right, now here's what it says. And you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains of the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, and instead of the briars or the thorns, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign which will never be destroyed. So what happened when Adam and Eve disobeyed God? Well, a curse fell on the earth. Okay, and uh, it is by the sweat of his brow that Adam could produce anything from the ground. There were thorns and thistles growing up. So this, this curse changed everything uh, in the earth. Okay, but see... Now, God is talking about His Word, which comes down to change the earth, literally change the curse back into a blessing. What this is describing in verse 12 is the reversal of the curse. So instead of thorns and thistles and sadness and corruption and uh, crime and sin and on and on and on, 
Now it talks about you will go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, will grow the pine tree. Instead of the briars, will grow the myrtle tree. And it says this will demonstrate the Lord's power and the Lord's mercy. And it will be an everlasting sign which will never be destroyed. So basically, you know, when we receive that Word of God and it's watered by the Spirit of God, then our lives completely change, completely change. And we live a life of blessing instead of uh, the consequences of the curse, okay? So, uh, but again, it's all brought to pass by the Word of God, which changes the way I think, changes what I do, changes the way I pray, it changes what I believe, uh, and I enforce the Word of God. You know, I confess it. I decree it or declare it. The Bible says, decree a thing and it shall be established and light shall shine on thy ways. Okay, so what the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. All right, uh, the way, uh, think about this for a second. The way you get married is uh, you, husband and wife uh, make a vow, make a statement. Uh, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Do you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband? And the two say, I do. You know, and then, then the pastor, the preacher, uh, then by the power vested in him, it says, uh, under his authority, under God, he pronounces them man and wife. Well, the way they became man and wife in this relationship under God was just by saying it, by saying it. And that's the same way we get into the kingdom of God. It says if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that we're saved. Okay, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus or the Lordship of Christ and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, which you know, pays for my sins and washes them away, then I receive that word, then it's planted in my heart and it changes me. But the same principle uh, applies to everything in life, everything, all right? Uh, all of the promises of God, the Bible says, are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, all right? In other words, all of those promises, there are something like 7,500 promises in the word of God. And, and uh, when God makes a promise, um, they're usually, those promises are typically conditional promises. In other words, uh, they are in the form of, if we do this, then God will do that. So there's usually something we have to do, and then God does what He promises to do. Okay, He, he fulfills the promise. But that's how faith works, okay? And that's why he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. They're, they're, um, I may believe something just in my mind, but never do anything about it. Okay, and, and that's what James is talking about. He says, faith without works or corresponding action is no faith at all. Because faith will always, always require some kind of action. All right, and, and typically that's by saying it or doing it or uh, in some way acting on God's promise. And, and that very act 
that we do represents uh, the demonstration of our faith. The Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Okay, So um, be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Alright, so uh, one of the things to, to realize is that just like the devil came in with words into the Garden of Eden and caused the fall of all mankind, the Father, God, Remember we talked in Isaiah 55, he sends down his word, you know, and it's like rain from heaven and, wa and, and snow that waters the earth and um, it, it, it turns the curse in the earth from sin into a blessing. It restores the, the beauty of the Garden of Eden, not only in, the, around, in and around our lives and our families, uh, but in each of us personally, okay? So uh, Balaam, remember the guy Balaam? Um, there was the uh, a, a tribe, tribe of people, or I'm sorry, a, a people um, that wanted to Balaam to curse the Israelites. And so a curse is always by speaking, saying something, just like blessings are, uh, come out of the mouth, okay? Uh, James says that the words that we say can either be a curse or a blessing, okay? So, uh, but words is the way it works, words, right? Because remember, words, all words have an anointing. They have a spiritual power behind them in a sense to fulfill the word, okay? Uh, there's a scripture that just is amazing that uh, says, Every idle word that thou shalt speak, thou shalt give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. Wow, just think about that. When it's all said and done and my life is over, it's the words that I spoke throughout my life that are going to determine my eternity, my judgment. The words, just words, all right? So they are very important. In James it says, if any man is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man and able to keep his whole body in check. Now remember this, without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins. So what's acceptable to God is, is a blood sacrifice, okay? And, and uh, in the Old Testament it was always um, the the direct, you know, sacrificial uh, sacrificing of animals, your uh, ox or sheep or goat or something like that, uh, because God was teaching people that uh, without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins, okay? Now, uh, but you can't keep doing that forever to cover sin. So uh, the Old Testament was just about uh, the Messiah to, go, to come, and that uh, Jesus actually was the final sacrifice, okay, the perfect sacrifice as a man. It was a man that, that sinned in the earth, that lost dominion of the earth, so God had to send a man into the earth to obey His Word so that that man, the second Adam, last Adam, could become the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. 
so when he died on the cross as a perfect, acceptable blood sacrifice, God accepted the offering. Now in Cain's example, uh, the Bible says you can't get blood out of a turnip. Okay, that, Actually, the Bible doesn't say that, but people make a kind of a, a statement, you can't get blood out of a turnip. Well, that's because uh, Cain brought his vegetables, but it was not acceptable because uh, it wasn't a blood sacrifice. Now, it's very interesting that God said to Cain, he said, if, you know, Cain got extremely angry because God accepted Abel's offering but did not accept uh, Cain, Cain's offering. Okay, now, and then the Bible says Cain was angry, all right? And uh, he was thinking, remember, as a man thinketh in his heart so is he, he began to think, you know, that anger began to erupt and thinking about murder, thinking about, uh, you know, killing Abel, his brother, all right? Now, remember, as a man thinketh, so is he. So God comes to Cain and he says, Cain, uh, if you do what is right, will you not also be accepted? In other words, God didn't uh, have a personal vendetta against Cain, but it's just that Cain didn't understand, or he probably did understand, but in his rebellion, he did not... Uh, bring an acceptable sacrifice, which is shedding of blood. All right, so um, God said, if you do what is right, Cain, you also will be accepted. But then God makes this statement, but sin is crouching at your door. You must master it. Now, what in the world is God talking about? Now, let me just say, remember, there are good spirits and bad spirits, okay? There are demon spirits, there are fallen angels, there are good, good angels, God's angels, uh, there's the Holy Spirit. This whole business down here is a spiritual battle in, the, in an invisible realm out there, okay? And it's, uh, uh, so the sin that's crouching at Cain's door is a spirit of murder, a spirit of hate, a demonic spirit, and it's tempting and pushing, trying to, to get Cain to act on, on what he's thinking about. He's imagining what he'd like to do to, to Abel. You know, remember, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so, uh, again, it's the, it's, there's the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And that's why Jesus said, the law says, don't, you know, thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus said that it's more than that. He said, if a man even looks lustfully on a woman, he's already committed adultery with her in his heart. Because eventually, you know, if you imagine something and you keep thinking about it, you are going to do it. You're going to verbalize it. You're going to say it. And you are going to become and do the nature of what's in your mind. That, that's the way this works. That's why the devil attacks us with fear, doubt, um, temptations to sin, etc., etc., etc. Okay? And the way we fight against the devil is to cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. All right, so 
Uh, that's the sword of the Spirit. That's the weapon we have. Uh, the as said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So, and, and you know, just like in the book of Revelation, the Bible, John had a vision of Jesus. And he said, John said that out of Jesus' mouth came a double two-edged sword by which he slew his enemies. That's the sword of the Spirit. And, and when we do the same thing, we are made in the image of God. And when we speak, command, decree, declare, pray uh, the Word of God, remember, it, it, it's alive and powerful. It's, it's a sword of the Spirit. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, in the Hebrew, the sword, a sword has uh, two edges, edges. The, it turns out that the Hebrew word for edge there in that sword is mouth, a mouth, okay? In other words, the, the edge of a two-edged sword is your mouth and what the words that you speak. That's your weapon. That's the way you fight, okay? And the Bible says that uh, with this uh, shield of faith, we quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. We're talking about the armor of God. We have a helmet of salvation that pre prevents and protects our mind, our thoughts, our imaginations, our reasoning, um, uh, you know, what we think, because that's key. That's key. So God gives us the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith by which we quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. We have a belt of truth, all right? And our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And we carry the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, words obviously have to come out of your mouth. And what was the Hebrew word for mouth? Or I'm sorry, for edge in a sword? The mouth, the mouth, okay? Now remember, there's two edges. So the words that I speak, they can be blessings or cursings. If the devil gets me to say what he says, then he can work through those words that I speak to fulfill bad things or evil things in my life or in others that I speak to. All right? And the same way if I say what God says, okay, God will watch over his word to perform it. Same thing is true for the devil. The devil watches over his words to perform them, okay? But you and I are in the middle of this spiritual battle. And that's why uh, that scripture said, every idle word that thou shalt speak, thou shalt give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. So man, I tell you, we, we gotta be so careful. What you think is what you say, is what you do, which determines your character, and that's going to determine your eternal destiny. Watch out, okay? Uh, now, the, your eyes, your ears, uh, your heart, or the nature of the seed in your heart, the words that you read, uh, the devil will bring you words. It's all designed, uh, God brings you words. The Holy Spirit brings you words. Remember Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life to those that find them. 
Well, guess what? The devil's words are spirit, and they are death to those that find them. Just like when the devil came in and deceived Eve, okay? It resulted in death of Adam and Eve, okay? They ate of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, which is the tree of death, all right? So think about these things. I mean, man, as a man thinketh in his heart. So it's so important uh, for us to fight this battle. Fight this battle. Um, don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Uh, the Bible, remember that I, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, Balaam was hired to curse the Israelites. But uh, every time he opened his mouth to try to say a curse against the Israelites, out of his mouth instead came a blessing. You know, and, and um, even and that is a very, very important lesson, okay? That because God had blessed Israel, and then at that time anyway, Israel was obedient to God. They weren't living in sin. So that the de even when the devil wanted, okay, Baal, Baal, is a type of the devil, okay? And so Balaam, who was trying to curse God's people, could not curse them. Okay, because they were protected by God. All right, and there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that says, The Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but he turned the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. All right, so if we're obedient to God's word, if we speak God's word, believe God's word, live by the word, see, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have every success. Wow. Wow. And there's just, this is just power-packed, you know, this concept of, uh, of words, the words of God, and how we put them into action, and how we cleanse our mind. We need to be brainwashed. The Bible says we're washed by the water of the Word, and that's the word that cleans us up, the way we think, and that determines what we say and what we do. And we are transformed. Ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, we're going to quit. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Uh, Father God, just like Paul used to say, uh, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just ask you to bless, bless your people, Lord. Just thank you, Lord. I, I just, uh, just speak victory. Uh, the, your people are more than conquerors through the Spirit of God in them and the Jesus Christ, which is conceived in their hearts, Father. Teach every single one to fight the good fight of faith, to take hold of the eternal life to which they're called, when they made their good confession before many witnesses. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we'll quit that for now and um, keep coming back and looking for more lessons. There's lots more coming. Oh, incidentally, go to the website. There's a website, or there is a lesson on the website uh, called The Battleground of the Mind. Uh, so virtually every video has a written lesson. So always go look for them because uh, uh, they will really help hammer home the nature of the topic. All right.
God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.